Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. And we're back. Uh, got a couple lines still available, folks. If you'd like to get on, give us a call, 602-277-5827. Pete and Mesa, good morning. Good morning. Snowbird from Iowa. I brought, usually I buy several tomato plants. Might get a few with hard skins. And this year I broke down and bought a $20 plant. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's got a few tomatoes on it already. Would it be better to take it out of that uh, plastic pot it came in and put it in a clay pot? Would it do better? Well, Pete, what size container is it in? Oh, it's, I don't know, about a foot in diameter. Okay, so it's probably a five-gallon uh, nursery container size or equivalent. Uh, and if it was just with one tomato plant, that would probably be okay. That unless you wanted to, if you wanted to put it in a bigger pot, you could, you know. And as long as you protect it from freezing, it'll it'll go right through the winter and uh, can last until you leave when it gets hot. Yeah, I always get a few off those little five-dollar plants, and uh, this year I bit the bullet and. Got a twenty dollar one, hoping it would do better. But <laughs> well, you know, the, the tomatoes should grow pretty fast anyway. And whether you're buying a four inch pot or a five gallon pot, um, you know, they should all grow pretty well. Well, you'll probably find the easiest thing with tomatoes is for to have a good crop here in the winter time is to use the smaller, faster varieties. So you could use like the, the giant cherries or sweet one hundreds or early girl, and those are all going to probably have more uh, tomatoes for you and better harvest with the shorter days. The, the hard part is, is what we're doing here is we're growing tomatoes in the wintertime. We're going kind of against nature because usually a tomato plants an annual and it grows and as the days get longer, is growing faster and faster, you know, and, and so instead we're planting them, the days are getting shorter and shorter and shorter, so it's getting less and less and less sun, so that slows it yeah. down with, with its growth, but, you know, there's plenty of them growing around town, and uh, a, lot, a lot of them go right through the winter, so good luck to you. Well, I get a lot of them. I do really well in Iowa. Well, that's it. That My wife's got the can a whole bunch, and... Well, the best the best maters I've ever seen were down in Arkansas, and they were going to a canning plant. You know, they grew them commercially for that, and I couldn't believe yeah. the quality of tomatoes that they were growing there. But you know, that's that's a little more humidity and uh, probably a little deeper soil. You can grow really nice tomatoes here, you know, in the spring and the summer, but uh, that's when you're back in Iowa. Okay, thanks for the info. Good luck, Pete. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Uh, Guy and Levine. Oops, that one's not. Okay, fella, let's see here. There we go. Guy and Levine. Now now we have Guy and Levine. Hi, Guy. Hi. Um, yeah, I, um, <clears throat> we've got a, a ficus that um, it got beat up this t- this year in, in the summer, mm-hmm. and it looked like about half of it died off. Um, we were trying to let it come back, but I've noticed that the bark's starting to peel off on the one half of the tree. And I was wondering if it's worth trying to save that by cutting off the dead branches. Well, guy, is that where the, put... where the bark's peeling off? Is it black and powdery underneath? 
Yeah, it is. Okay, so it's got sooty canker. Okay, and that's basically a fungus that can go through and kill the whole tree. So what you want to do is prune all the sooty canker infected branches off, okay? And when you prune those, you want to clean your saw so you're not making repetitive cuts where you might possibly be infecting, you know, where you're cutting. So just, just, uh, you know, a little bleach will clean your, your saw off. And then there's a product called Monterey Disease Control. And you can uh-huh. spray that on the foliage and put it around the base of the tree. And uh, it would have worked better a month ago when the tree was going to be more actively growing. But ficus will still grow a little bit through the winter. So go ahead and put it on now and uh, see if it doesn't clear it up. And, you know, then what you want to do is come back with a good course of fertilizer starting about uh, Valentine's Day and feed it about once a month. Okay, great. Okay. Okay. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guy. Bye-bye. Uh, Robert and Coolidge. Good morning, Robert. Uh, good morning. Yeah, I had some weeds in a vacant lot that I cut up and dug a hole and uh, burned them. I got all these ashes, and I was trying to remember if that was good for my gardening or good for against ants, or what, what was the purpose well, you, good you, for you, ashes? You, you can mix them to your garden. They'll, they'll be a benefit to your garden. It's just organic and okay. carbon, so it's, it'll, it'll work. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Just make sure they're well cooked and they don't have any seeds left. Yeah, it's there's a little bit of uh, burnt wood pieces, but uh, well, that, that's yeah, not going to hurt. Thought, as long as you got the seed all burnt, you'll be okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Robert. Bye bye. Uh, Rick and Surprise. Hello, Rick. Hi, Brian. Uh, first, congrats on your Wildcats. Impressive win over Utah. They, uh, well, <laughs> oh my God. You know, I, I was driving by, I had other work to do yesterday, and then I heard the first uh, touchdown, and then I heard him, you know, score on the onside, on the, on the punt. And so I had to go, yeah. I had to pull in and, and go watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. I did play, I did play hooky right yesterday after, I have to admit. <laughs> well, you deserve it. They they may be in the Pac-12 championship if Oregon State upsets Oregon. Well, you know these. Uh, well, first we have to beat ASU. Don't don't, don't take ASU lightly. <laughs> well, we we've yeah, we've learned so. that for many a moon, you know. And, uh, yeah, it was it was sad to see ASU not perform as well as they did the week before. But uh, don't don't take ASU lightly. Don't never you never look past ASU. <laughs> uh, uh, True, I, I understand that. Being a WSU uh, grad myself, we uh, we've upset the University of Washington many a time. Well, so. and then and they've got a good chance to do it this year. You know, there's Washington hasn't really trounced anybody. No, uh, they've won, they've no, won a they lot of games by a touchdown. Win. Well, <laughs> they've won a lot of games by a touchdown or less. So we'll see yes, what happens. Exactly. Well, so this isn't a sports show, so I, I do have a question for you. Um, I planted, I have planted most of my backyard uh, three to five years ago. All of it is, has grown really well with two exceptions. I've got a torch bougainvillea and a leatherleaf acacia, and both of them are not much bigger than when I planted them at least three or four years ago, and they're not looking real healthy. And I... And the one thing that is consistent with each of them is they, when they were young, they did get uh, the, the bark chewed up, uh, not ex, you know, maybe a third of the bark or so, but they did get chewed up by bunnies. Okay. And and I called you about it at the time. And you said eh, it'll probably heal over, and which it has, and and the plant will probably uh, do okay. But they just haven't thrived, and I'm wondering if I should 
maybe dig them up to just inspect the root system uh, to see if there's anything down there, or should I just replace them? What do you think? Well, if you dig them up, you're going to replace them anyway because you're probably going to kill them. So, <laughs> but uh, leather lithications can be pretty slow, and usually the torch goes though are fairly fast, and they're getting pretty consistent water and all that kind of thing. Um, you know, that's the other thing. How how much water do they need? Because I I think it's maybe not getting as much water as as well I, established, it's in a established that you have a lantana. Yeah, established. They need to have um, probably you know a minimum of ten gallons of water once a week in the heat of the summer. Okay. Oh, I don't. I think I've underwatered them then. So I, I think okay. uh, I wouldn't. Uh, I just leave them where they are and let them enjoy this yeah. winter and fertilize them in February and okay. start watering them deeper in February. You know, water them once every two weeks at least with like ten gallons of water or so, and see if they don't just okay. jump right up. And then the leather leaf acacia is kind of a slow plant anyway. You know, as far as tree goes, it's just not a very fast grower. But the uh, hmm. and the torch glow actually, I think, grows probably faster than leather leaf acacia grows. But uh, okay, all right. Well, I'll I'll give them till the spring, and if they don't take off in the spring, I'm I'm going to be coming your way to pick up some plants. <laughs> I, I have one last thing. It's probably not none of my business, but the early music today had a, a definite love theme, and I'm wondering if you're celebrating an anniversary. Oh, not 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 right now. Nope. That's a, okay. Back, back, right. back in August. Well, <laughs> love you for a long time, and and Amore. They both sounded like okay. Maybe Brian's having an anniversary today. No, not today. <laughs> but okay. th- thanks, Rick. Bye bye. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Oh, let's see. We're going to take a short break and come back with uh, Johan. And then after that, we've got four open lines. Number to call 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. When I was just a little girl, I asked my mother, what will I be? Will I be pretty? Will I be rich? Here's what she said to me. Sunday morning out there, and uh, I'll get right back to the phones. Looks like they're all full. As one's gone, one will become available. Number to call, 602-277-5827. Johan, good morning. Hello? Is it Johan or Johan? Or if, if you heard your phone, you know, you're <laughs> I'm going to put you back on hold. And we'll talk to Chris and Scottsdale. Hello, Chris. Hey, good morning. Uh, Lady Banks Rose, a year ago, I planted six of them. Uh, they're south-facing, full sun on, on a, up against a wall with a trellis. Um, I, I lost two of them. Two of them are struggling but coming back, and two of them that were kind of partly shaded by a tree made it and are doing okay. Do those things need everyday water in June, July, August? Well, not and, every, not every day, but the problem is, is it was just an exceptionally hot, you know, time of year, and they probably weren't big enough to shade and protect themselves. Are they in those? What's that? What side of the wall? Like a west side of a wall? 
Uh, no, they're on the south side. South should south be better. Okay, well, south should be better. So, anyway, uh, the south side. I think if you just get them healthy this spring, you know, and get some more volume to them, they can shade and protect themselves. And normally, in most you know soil, where do you live? What cross streets, Chris? Um, Chaparral and Hayden. Okay, so yeah, pretty good soil in there. So really, I think that in a normal summer, you'd probably want to water new, you know, young ones like they are, probably twice a week. Wow, in, in the summertime, just yeah, twice a in week, the heat or? of the summer, yeah. This time of year, once a week would be plenty. Okay, and how much water, roughly? Uh, roughly on a small plant like that, between five and ten gallons. Okay, and then as they mature, increasing the water and less frequent. Uh... Yeah, that ideally yes. And this, as the plant gets big enough to shade the wall, we're protecting itself from the sun. You know, the they'll become a pretty hardy plant. You know, so really you can get down to your water room probably once a week when it's 110, and uh, once a month the rest of the year. Okay, should I? Try and put up any shade cloth or anything to help them through this next summer until well, they get I, I more. I think staff. if you just start fertilizing them in February, okay, and you get them, you know, keep them healthy. I think they'll grow fast enough that by the time it gets to be 110, they can protect themselves. Okay, very good. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Bye bye. Okay, Johan or hello. Okay, I, I, maybe I'm pronouncing your name wrong. It's Joanne. Uh, you got okay. What you got to do is you got to listen on the phone. I'll put you back on hold, and uh, then you can hear when I pick up. Uh, Mike and Scottsdale. Good morning. Hey Brian. Good morning to you. Uh, questioning the time. Like I have to transplant a couple mesquite trees. Is it, is it bad timing right now? Is no, it not it's actually it? a, you know when we're commercially doing mesquites, this is the time of year where we move them. Uh, they're not like okay. Palo Verdes and Ironwoods. You can move them almost any time. Yeah, so okay. now wouldn't be a bad time. All right, good. They, I accidentally planted them not on my land, but on my neighbor's, and he's building some stuff. I'm like, oh, I got to move those. So uh, <laughs> I realize now it's uh, I got to put them somewhere else. But I didn't want to. I didn't want to just destroy them or let him run them over. So I, how okay, how how large are they, Mike? They're small. They were 15 gallon ones, and they they grew in pretty good. But uh, I can still get them done myself. And, okay. Uh, well, it, it, like it's, as long as the timing's okay, right? Yeah, the timing's fine. But what, what you want to do is you want to prune them back, okay, by probably okay. half. Cut them back to like the size they were, you know, when they were 15s when you planted them. Yeah. Okay. All right. They were little guys. They were skinny, but they grew out. So p- cut them back. Well, and, uh, yeah, and then there, there's a product called Super Thrive. When you yeah, when you yeah, I have it. yeah, it's a great product to use when you transplant them. Okay. Well, thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. Have, have, have a nice uh, Thanksgiving. Bye, Mike. All right, you too. Bye. Joanne, good morning. Are we there? Okay, so what there is, folks, is there's a delay whenever we uh, are on the radio so that somebody doesn't say something really awful or something. So if you'll, when, when you're on the phone, if you'll listen on your phone, then you can see when we come back to you. Uh, Sandy and Peoria, good morning. Good morning. I have some yellow bells. They're beautiful right now. But they're all laying on the ground. How do I, how do I get them to grow up instead of 
laying down. Well, you know, it's, you can stake them right now if you wanted to, Sandy, and put a stake in there and just tie them up to a stake. Um, or you can just kind of keep pruning them on the sides. But if you prune them back very much right now, you're not going to have much of a plant left. And they're going to stop growing until probably February. You know, so they're not going to really grow go. much. Yeah. So if you want to prune them, just, you know, prune them I in mean, February. I mean, there's so many... So many branches. Do I do I have to uh, stake every single branch? No, just put just put one just put one stake in the center, okay, and just tie the branches up around the stake, okay. And you could use like that stretchy uh, tape that we use, like the green tree tie tape. And just go around and tie them with that and leave them like that until the spring, because that way you're going to have a plant, something to look at till spring. And then the spring, just prune it way back and, and let them balance and come back out. Okay, and one more question. How much should I be watering them right now? Just once a week? How long have they been planted, Sandy? Uh, you guys put them in the spring of last year, or this year. Yeah, one, so like know, in, once a week is more than enough. Probably could go with once every two weeks. Okay, for about what? Uh, they're they're five-gallon emitters. Uh, yeah, so probably like for an hour. An hour, mm-hmm. okay. All righty, thank you so much. Thank you, Sandy. Bye-bye. Okay, Johan, we're going to try it again. Good morning. Um, morning. How are you today? Oh, we're enjoying our morning. How are you? <laughs> good, good. So, listen, I have a question. I have some winter grass and I've got some weeds coming in. Can I use that wheat and feed? Because on the label it says, okay for Bermuda grass, but not on St. Augustine, Zoysia, or Lippia, or anything like that. Do you think right. it'd be okay? So, it would work on ryegrass, but let me ask you, do you have any trees growing in that one? No, nothing. Okay, so if it's straight lawn, yes, it should be fine. Okay, so it's okay on the winter grass then. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and the one All thing right. you could always do with these these chemicals too, Johan, to, to make sure is you could always call the manufacturer, and they have reps that work for the chemical companies that manufacture them, and they'll yeah, give you yeah, specific sure. advice. And it's a good idea if you have you know questions because you know I can give you common advice, but I don't know which brand you have, and it might be a different formulation. So I'd really recommend you call the manufacturer. All right. Thank you so much, sir. Thanks, Johan. Bye-bye. Bye. And let's see. Next, we've got Martin. But after Martin, it's wide open again, folks. Perfect time to call. Number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Hello, Martin. Good morning. So I've got a, a, an orange tree that gave me fruit the last couple of years, really nice, and... Well, the last three years, and this past year, I didn't get anything. I had a landscaping landscape, landscaper uh, trim the tree, and um, the way they did it, they uh, cut the top off, mm-hmm. and this is like a medium-sized tree. They cut the top off, and they rounded it around, mm-hmm. but uh, it hasn't grown up anymore the last year. It's just got this long uh, branches, stem branches, just long coming up, but it didn't give me any fruit. They they damaged it. No, what happened? They probably cut it you know, just after it was finished blooming, or why you know why it was blooming, and uh, so they cut basically all the fruit off of it. So it should you know mm-hmm. produce again this year. It should you know bloom in March and have fruit you know next next winter. Okay, I'm hoping. And then I had a, uh, a great fruit tree in the same yard on the opposite side of the yard. And uh, it did well for many years, you know, gave me fruit. And then about a year and a half ago, it died, just dried out and died within two weeks. 
So we dug it up and pulled it out, and we have I haven't put anything in there. And I don't I don't know what happened. It's just well, if it died that fast, it usually it's from getting like too much fertilizer. Um, okay, and that's probably what killed it because when they, they die that quick, it's usually a, a chemical reason. Is that what? It, okay, okay. So, but I'll be safe planting something else in the same. Oh yeah, you hole, should. Right? Yeah, and, and you know, if you want to just make sure, what you probably want to do is just soak the hole for a long time. Just put a hose on, let it run for a day or two, leach it, leach the area out before you plant. Okay, great. Thank you very much for your help. Thanks. Have a good day. Bye bye, uh, Matthew in Phoenix. Good morning, Matthew. Hi. Good morning. Um, I've got uh, some bougainvilleas in our backyard uh, on a tiered wall. And they're pretty shaded, and I've got them planted in between some yellow bells, and they just haven't been doing well for the last year. Uh, but they're still alive. They put out, like, a little bit of leaves and flowers each. So I'm wondering if there's any strategies to helping them survive. They're pretty shaded by the yellow bells because the yellow bells have just grown crazy. Well, what you, what you could do if you wanted to, I wouldn't do it this time of year, but... You know, in March, when everything's going to wake up for spring and really start to grow, just cut the yellow bells down to the ground and let them grow back and compete with each other. And that'll give the Bougainvilleas more of a chance to get more light and grow. Okay, so, like, the shade is definitely hindering them, you think? Oh, sure, yeah. yeah if, you got, right. if you got some big, big cousin that's taking all the food, you're going to be skinny, you know? <laughs> Yeah, if you cut whatever you cut back this time of year, it's going to look cut back until spring. So there's no reason to cut things back unless you want them to look cut back. Um, so if you if you cut them, you know, like middle of February, then they're going to grow back very quickly, and uh, and it gives your bug and bees a chance to grow back too. Awesome. Uh, one other question: We've got a bunch of citrus trees and. Uh, had them for three or four years now, and only one is really putting out fruit. I was wondering how long you think we should wait before we consider replacing the trees. Well, citrus trees grow at very different rates because they're on different rootstocks and genetically are quite different. So trees like lemons and limes, if they're on a lemon or lime rootstock or lemon and rootstock, they're going to grow quite fast. Trees like navel oranges are going to tend to grow a lot slower because they're going to be on an orange or sweet rootstock that won't grow as quickly. So timing-wise, it takes a lot longer to grow an orange tree than it does, you know, a lemon tree or a grapefruit tree. And uh, some of the others can be on different rootstocks as well. Tangerines could be on a couple, you know, one, any one of three or four different rootstocks. And that makes a big difference on how fast the trees grow. And the reason why they're done that way is because that's how we produce good quality fruit. That's how you have sweet oranges have to be grown on a, on a sour orange or compatible rootstock. So how much of your trees grow, Matthew? How tall are they? Well, so they are dwarf trees because I do have them planted on a tiered wall. Mm -hmm. uh, so they haven't grown a lot. Uh, I've got a pomegranate that kind of... Almost put out a fruit last year, but died on the thing, and then this year hasn't put out anything. Um, grapefruit hasn't put out any fruit since we planted it three years ago. How, 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 how big is your grapefruit now? Um, it's probably two and a half times the size, at least maybe three times the size that we planted it, maybe like uh, 30 gallon or 40 gallon. I mean, it's big. Yeah, well, I mean, that that's, sounds pretty normal and pretty healthy. As far as producing fruit, there's going to be years that you have more crop and less crop. I wouldn't, uh, if they're growing that well, I wouldn't take them out. 
Exactly. You know, unless, so unless, you, it, unless it, you want it, bigger it. trees. I mean, if you want a bigger tree, if you plant a full-size tree, like if you planted a 15-gallon lemon, for example, right now, it would be seven feet when you planted it, and it'll grow into a 15-foot tree in three or, three or four years. Yeah, so we're, we're glad with the dwarf, but... But do you think the dwarf trees will still produce fruit eventually, oh, probably? Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. Awesome. Th- thanks, Matthew. Thank you. And it looks like Mr. Troy Barrett's in the studio, so we're going to find out what's happened in the world. In the meantime, we do have a couple lines open. You can call us at 602-277-5827. We're here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR. Must a man walk down before you call him a man? How many seas must the white dove sail before she sleeps in the sand? Isn't how many times must the cannonballs fly before they're forever banned? my friend is blowing in the wind the answer is blowing in the wind isn't how many years can a mountain exist before it is washed to the sea and how many years can some people exist before they're allowed to be free? Yes, and how many times can a man turn his head and pretend that he just doesn't see? The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is Welcome back, folks. Uh, do have a line available. Number to call, 602-277-5827. Let's see. we got to get the right order. Next up, we have Mark and Tempe. Hello, Mark. Hey, how are you doing? Great, Mark. How are you? Good, thanks. Um, quick question. I think I know the answer, but uh, is it too late to prune hibiscus in Arizona? Well, it's, the reason why we wouldn't prune them is because they're going to look pruned. They don't have much time to grow back and fill in. Um so, you know, that's the only reason why you wouldn't want to prune them. And they really don't grow much when the temperatures go below 75. So they're going to be pretty slow growing from here until probably the middle of uh, February. Right. But I wouldn't hurt them, right? Well, yeah, they could probably freeze more and they probably won't look as good pruned as, but no, you're not going to, it's not going to kill the plant. Shouldn't. All right. I just let them get really overgrown and they're blocking the entryway to our house. Probably the best best thing is to prune them then. <laughs> not not blocking it, but you can't see the front. You know what I mean? <laughs> they got pretty big. So Yeah, what I what I wouldn't do, Mark, I wouldn't take all the foliage off them at one time. Okay. I wouldn't prune them down to where they have no foliage. Right, right. Okay, okay but I can bring them back a little bit. Oh sure. A little trim okay. job. Okay. Great, thank you. Thanks, bye-bye. Okay, bye. Uh, Let's see, uh, Dina in Sun City, good morning. Good morning. That's Dinah, but that's okay. Hi, Dinah. Hello. Hi, I've got a um, very tall palm tree that gave great shade to the house, I believe, at one time. Um, But it's 40 foot tall, 
and I need to put in a shade tree that will shade the house. And I, I want to put a push pistachio in there. Mm-hmm. But it's right where the, the palm tree is right where I want to put the the shade tree. And I so I need to cut that down. Um, do I need to get rid of the palm tree roots? Well, the I palm just... tree is not going to, if you can move it over, you know, three or four feet, it'll be fine. But the palm tree roots are very difficult to dig out of the ground. You can grind right. them with a grinder that some grinder guys can grind those, but you can't plant in the mm-hmm. same spot because they won't grind them deep enough to plant another tree there. So you'd have to move the tree okay. over, you know, just, it doesn't have to be far, just maybe three feet from where the stump is. You can cut it off right at the ground. Okay. So just, okay. If I could dig, it, it'll grow. I mean, yeah, it's not the, 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 the trucks, the palm tree truck after you cut it off is going to eventually rot out, but it takes a long time. It'll take it, you know, yeah. several years to completely rot. So if you want to plant a tree there, just, I don't need to put like stump. No, you don't need any stump like kill or anything. When you cut, when you cut palm trees off like that, they don't come back. Okay. Well, that's good. And an apricot. Mm-hmm. I have an apricot in a, I dug a hole and man, that was iron dirt. Um, even the pile of dirt I set to the side that I didn't use to refill that pile of dirt. It, when I hit it with the shovel, it goes ding. Well, Diane, I've dug, I've dug a lot of holes in my day in Sun City. When a lot, when a lot of that was new, I was out planting trees there every day after school. And, uh, you know, pretty much you have about two foot of clay and then you have caliche, which is just like rock. And, you know, nowadays when we go dig a hole, we use a little electric jackhammer. But in those days, we just had a rock bar. And and that crown's hard. (laughs) It is. So, uh, you you think it'll affect the apricot tree or no? No, I mean, what happens is that because you have the clay on top, you should have had about a foot to two foot of clay first on top, and then you hit the caliche down below. That's how most of it is in Sun City. And uh, so the roots are going to go out horizontal on top of that caliche and and through the clay. And, uh, you know, really because the clay holds so much moisture and and because the moisture doesn't go down and sink below it, uh, plants tend to do pretty well in Sun City. Yeah. Okay, good here. And one, I just thought of another question. When I was um, digging that hole, uh, I had to go through plastic because uh-huh. there was rock there before. Okay. And so I don't know how big that piece of plastic is. Um, do I need to cut that plastic? Well, pretty, pretty traditionally out there, uh, Diana, whenever they would put in the new rock in the landscape, a lot of people would put black plastic down first. And then put the okay. rock on top of the plastic, so it might cover most of the whole yard. But as long as you have a hole through it as big as you know the, your tree well is, you'll be fine. You don't have to worry about the rest of the plastic. As big as the tree well, mm-hmm. okay. Okay. Because right now it's not that big. It's only as big as I could put the, the pot in. You know. Well, it, the, you know, so I need the, to make it bigger. You should make it a little bit bigger, but the good part about the plastic is that the water doesn't transpire, you know, out from under the ground. So the plastic actually helps to hold the water in the ground too. So not not a bad deal. Um, and too much you're giving far, me all the far, good news. far too much work to dig out. Thank you for the good news. <laughs> Thanks, Dinah. Bye bye. Uh Reggie in Sun Lakes. Good morning, Reggie. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Oh, enjoying the morning. Pretty out. Great. Uh, I have a bougium tree. I've been trying to um, grow a bougium tree since I've been here, which is about 25 years. I I have one now. It's in a pot. It's about three years old. The trunk is about two and a half inches. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does, hasn't uh, sprouted any leaves yet, but it's been pretty good for the last 
few years. Um, should I plant it in the ground now or should I wait till the spring? It would be better in the or spring. Or should I plant it in the ground at all? Well, you know, they grow fine in the ground. They're slow. You know, that's, that's yeah. why they've been there rare now because we can't bring them from Mexico anymore. But, um, right. You know, you go, you go into Baja, they're everywhere, but, but not here. Oh, and uh, and they're really kind of a neat plant. So, you can, you know, what, what I would do for now is just keep it in a pot because it's not going to grow any until spring. And then about March, okay. just plant it outdoors in March. Okay. And should I do uh, south? Can I do yeah, south, you, south? Yeah, full south, full, full sun's fine. What you might do, though, is you might have to, if you have any rabbits around, you might want to put, put wire around it so that the rabbits don't eat it. Okay. Because that would well, be, that would be really sad to grow. I have, I have one of everything on my property, including a Texas ebony and desert willows. And I got one of every Arizona tree. So <laughs> I'm trying to grow this one and make it a full circle. I think it'll do fine, but do protect it from their bunnies because you'll be upset if you go out okay. there the second day after you plant oh. it, it's gone. <laughs> and in the summer, should I shade it? No, it shouldn't have to be shaded. Okay. Well, thank you very much, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to you, you and your family. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, let's see. We got uh, Jeff in Phoenix up next. Good morning, Jeff. Hey, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. I have a question about a wonderful pomegranate I inherited. It's in a five-gallon um, pot. I want to put it in a 20-inch Pot. What kind of soil should I put in there? Well, it depends on how you want to try and care for it. So, if it, if you want it to be really easy to care for, you could put it just like in your normal, you know, soil from your yard, just a sandy loam soil, and it'll take less water and less fertilizer if you're going to keep it in that container for a long time. If you wanted it to grow faster, you know, you could use a commercial potting soil, maybe with one third of your native soil, and mix those two together, and it'll probably grow faster, but um, it'll take more care. How often should I fertilize? Well, it depends on what you're going to fertilize with. And if you're going to use something like Osmocote, you can put that on once every three months. Or if you're using something like miracle Grow, you'd put it on probably every couple of weeks. So there's just a lot of different formulations of fertilizer and how they work. Okay. Thanks, Brian. Have thanks. a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, too. Bye. Uh, Jerry and Chandler. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning. I've got a uh, fifty-foot ocotillo. I was wondering if I can replant that. You've got a, a bit. What did you say about the ocotillo? It's a fifteen-footer. Okay. And I was wondering if I can replant that. Transplant it? Sure. Yeah. Um, and how hard would that be? Is well, it? you know, you, if you get a, a root ball with it, it'll move a lot better. So you don't have, you can almost bare root it, but if you could dig it out, you know, with the equivalent of like a 30, so if you had like a tractor or something where you could dig it out with like a 36 inch root ball on it, you know, that would probably move the best. Um, if you can't do that, you know, you could, you could just dig up all the roots and bare root it out of the ground and move it and it'll still move. If you're going to bare root it, what you'll want to do is get some powdered sulfur and dust those roots. Um, when you put it back in the ground um, so you don't get any bacteria in them. And uh, if you break any roots, just cut those off clean. But um, they transplant pretty well. Okay. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Jerry. Bye-bye. And we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we actually have wide open phones, so it's a perfect time to call. We're going to come back with about 10 minutes left. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR.
Folks, um, hate to cut Judy off, you know, but uh, we, we got to get some business done. Anyway, I take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees, uh, starting with my grandparents back in the 40s and continuing today now for four generations. If you need trees, any kind, any size, come out and see us. We deliver, plant, and guarantee we're licensed, bought, and insured. We also have beautiful flowers and shrubs. So if you want a little decoration for the holidays, if you want to spruce up things for Thanksgiving, uh, we can certainly help you with that. Now, we will be closed on Thanksgiving to celebrate with our families. And Friday after Thanksgiving is when we bring in Christmas trees. So we'll have the first the Christmas tree showing up then. And we'll have uh, big silver tips and nobles and Nordmans and some grand furs and Douglas. We won't bring those in, though, until about the... Oh, 6th or 7th of December because they just don't hold up quite so long. So, But if you're looking for a big natural tree like the big silver tips, they'll be in on Friday and they're wonderful. They're they're really a tree that uh, is especially good if you want one that can last to Epiphany and make the whole season. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley in Guadalupe or 2647 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. And we will have our one big Christmas tree lot over next to Hanson's on 64th Street in Bell Road. Whitfield Nursery for four generations, growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Uh, next up, we have David in Phoenix. Hello, David. Hi. Good morning. So I have this ZZ plant I've had for about 15 years, and I guess I've just like been lucky with it. I know they're hard to kill, and they don't need much water or light, but I... I think I almost killed it <laughs> uh, this last uh, summer, but it's it, it sounded like one little root, like one little leaf. <laughs> um, I've gone anywhere from watering it like once every month to once every six weeks, and it just seems like it got worse and worse. And um, David, does your pot drain? I don't know. So it it didn't. Um, I I can't when it pretty much died mm-hmm. i had it sitting on rocks so it wouldn't be sitting in the water mm-hmm. um but i noticed there were, were all these bulbs on the bottom so i threw the bulbs in with uh, uh another um with that one little leafy thing <laughs> um but no it doesn't um should i drill holes in the bottom or? yeah i mean i it's really hard to, to maintain them you've done a great amazing job uh, maintaining a plant without, you know, drainage. But if you just take the pot and drill a hole in the bottom of it, let the water drain out of it, you'll probably find uh, it'll do better. Have you ever feed it at all? Um, no. Okay. I, I bought one David, of those, like, how often do you uh, eat, David? <laughs> this thing's probably <laughs> hungry and thirsty. And <laughs> poor little guy. I, yeah, I, I got the little um, sensor, the, probe, the two probe ones to see how much water, light, and uh-huh. pH. Right. Um, I just bought that a couple months ago to see. Okay. Um, well, let's do this. So let's I'm, let's, I'm let's drill, about... drill the hole in the bottom of the pot. 
Okay. okay? So the water goes out. Right. Take it into the into the sink and, and let the water run through it for a while. So it's going to uh, uh-huh. basically leach all the salts and everything out. And then give it a light okay. dose of fertilizer, like Miracle Grow or any, okay. any kind of Peters, any kind, just a light dose of fertilizer. And then change the watering from you know hardly ever to uh, about uh-huh. once every week. Okay. Okay. Because now the water is going to go through the pot. And I think your little guy might just come back. All right. All right. Thank you. Good luck. Bye-bye. Margie in Phoenix. Hello, Margie. Good morning. Morning. I have, last year I planted this um, little cactus. I mean, it's like two and a half, three feet tall. There was like two of them. They're just tall, narrow cactus. That's it. Mm-hmm. And so the one taller one this summer, it's uh, kind of bent over now, and the tip of it is yellow and stuff. And I'm just wondering if I should remove it, like, from where it bent. Do you cut it there? Do you remove it from the base? I mean, it's got, like, three baby ones popping up around the base of the plant. So it does have some healthy ones, new growth coming up off the bottom. Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you, you you know you cut it anywhere you want to. It's going to branch again. It's going to look different than the, you know the whole spear coming up by itself. But okay, I didn't know where was the best place to. Well, I mean, if you want, if you want to let it go for a while, let the other the other shoots come back out, and then have a plant without having the the cut marks on it. You could do that, or if you cut it, it's just going to branch. So it's fine to cut it. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks, Margie. Bye bye. Uh, Jim and Awatuki. Hello, Jim. Morning, Jim. Uh, back to the lady in Sun City with the gravel and the plastic. Uh-huh. Uh, been in my house. Been in my house for forty years. Put in grass and gravel in different places. Where I put the gravel, I put down the black plastic, and. Years later, you know, plastic starts to disintegrate, and the plants either start growing from the gravel and root down through it or come up from the bottom and come through it. And after years, that plastic just kind of deteriorated and sticking up in different places around the yard. So in different times, I pulled up that plastic when I put new gravel down, and then I got the new stuff, that fiberglass ground cover. And after years, man, they come up through the bottom of that cover or get down through it. And if you got to try to pull weeds through that, that fiberglass stuff, that's nasty. <laughs> so anyhow, my neighbor and I are, are, are stripping out the lawn in our, our, our front yard and, and just going to gravel to save some water. And I'm, so now i got my yard stripped down to, to bare dirt. And am I, should I put down the black plastic? I've got areas in my yard where I never put the plastic down. I just keep hitting it with a good uh, ground kill. And it's no more problem than the one area where I have the plastic. So what do you think? Well, I don't know of anybody using plastic anymore. I mean, people occasionally do, but we don't, you know, use it like we used to back in the 70s. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, and, and the weed, weed cloth, you're, you're kind of right. After, you know, weeds will blow in on top of it. You know, and then root, yeah. root through it, and they're kind of hard to get that way, too. But, you know, what we usually do is just use a pre-emergent. And what the pre-emergent does is it keeps the weeds, ah, okay. From, okay. Keeps the weeds from germinating, okay? And you put that down, yeah. and after you've used it for a year or two, you're only going to have the new weed seed that blows in, so you don't get that much unless yeah. you're in an area that's got a lot of weeds around in your neighbor's yards. But what I will kind of advise you, though, Jim, is be careful what you buy for a contact herbicide. There are some of these out there that are really bad as far as destroying your soil and killing neighbor's trees or your trees. So if, if you're going to use a yeah, contact being- herbicide, I would use glyphosate phosphate, which is the same as Roundup. 
Well, I, I, I've heard bad things about Roundup. I've heard you say it's not that bad. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, the agriculture in the world wouldn't be here without glyphosate. We couldn't, we couldn't support the population of the world the way we do today. It's the number one used agricultural chemical in the world. And, you know, we don't want to use any chemical that we don't need to or don't have to. But, uh, you know, it's enabled people to grow, you know, huge differences in crop yields. And uh, it really has is, is helped control weeds, which are, you know, a big problem for the whole world. So it's, while no chemical, you certainly don't want to drink it. You don't want to get it in your hands. You don't want to spread on your legs. But, uh, oh, no. but, the, but the reality of its use is I'm... I'm <laughs> I'm pretty pretty pro Roundup or glyphosate just because I think I know, we need to feed the planet. I've been listening. I've been listening to you for years. I know how you feel. Okay, but I like the idea of using a pre-emerge, and I already hit it once with uh, with uh, the ortho. Yeah, and uh, what, 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 I'll, watch I'll watch out for those other chemical combinations. They just do a lot of bad things to soil. I'm not going to use. It. I'm going right by your advice, buddy. Okay, just, <laughs> and, and you don't. And you, don't you don't have to go organic. You use the clone gluten mill either. But I mean, there's some good pre-emergence out there, pentamethylene things that will make your life very simple. Hey, Jim, thanks for the call. I got to say goodbye. We're out of time. Um, Richard, I'll take you off the air. And Greg, appreciate all the calls today, folks. I just looked up and got to say goodbye. But Thanksgiving's here, and it's time to share, and it's time to love. But remember, the first Thanksgiving, those people could have been the biggest enemies in the world, and they had to have. I'll have a good time together. I'll be back with you after Thanksgiving. Come see us next weekend.